Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. That is so right. You receive that? You receive that tonight, that song, and just what Jessica said. Tonight, we're receiving the Word, and the Word makes the difference in everything that we do. Amen? Greetings tonight. It's a good day. We're in our series on the Holy Spirit. And man, I tell you what, whew, it is just some amazing things I believe are going to come out of even what we're talking about tonight, but just in this whole series. Um, in the, the last time that we met and, and uh, talked along this line, we prayed for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A number of you, uh, I've gotten reports back that a number of you received uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the e- evidence of praying in other tongues. Amen? It's an awesome thing. And, and because it just makes things even that much better. But I, I tell you, um, I, I'm going to say this to you, that um, I, I, don't, I don't know everything about the Holy Ghost. I don't know everything about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I'm learning all the time. Amen? I mean, I'm growing in revelation and understanding like I've never grown and known before man i mean does this world does this world need the help of the holy spirit wow come on i mean every day you just see things happen and you hear of reports and don't always believe the first report you hear especially when they're bad about someone else don't do that because you don't want other people to believe bad about you you understand i mean don't always believe the worst about people just because the news said it i promise you the news isn't the gospel Amen? The media out there is not gospel. I don't care what media, what station it is, you know, uh, uh, don't believe everything you hear and read from the media out there. We're believing the Word of God. Amen? So we're going to believe the best in people. And even if people have done things wrong, we're going to still believe for them to be um, set free and delivered of the things in in their life because everybody's got stuff. But but the reason that everybody's got stuff is because everybody needs help. Amen? Everybody needs help. And we've read this verse of Scripture each time that we've been talking on the Holy Spirit out of John uh, chapter 14 and verse 14. John 14, 14. Or no, it didn't. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another, the, the King James says comforter, the New King James says helper, that I will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Uh, the Amplified defines that word in all these different definitions, counselor, helper, intercessor. He get, he'll bring you an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, all those things. That, that's what the Holy Spirit is, and you and I need him. We were created to need him. Amen? The helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, that's who he is. He's not an it, he's a he. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The world he's talking about can be you if you don't know him. It was me when I didn't know him. 
But when you know him and you receive him, then he's in you and he, he's, it's him in us that makes the difference. And it's the hope of the whole world. The whole world is waiting on the church to be the church. And, and that's who we're being. Can you say amen to that? We are being the church. We are the church, we're being the church, and we're being established in the world of who the church is. We're being established as the church. Say this with me. I am the church. I am, you are, but we are. Amen? The church is the body of Jesus Christ, and it takes all of us functioning and working together to be what he was. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? In verse, in that same chapter, in verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He'll bring to your remembrance. He'll bring to your remembrance. Say this after me. I have the mind of Jesus Christ. And don't forget that. Because he's bringing to your remembrance all the time the things you say. Don't, don't say things about your mind. Oh, man, I'm so forgetful. No, don't say that. I have the mind of Christ. Oh, man, I'm losing my mind. No, no, don't, don't say that. Don't say that about your mind because the helper of the Holy Spirit was created to bring to your remembrance everything that he said. No, 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 no. Think about it this way. Your physical body is growing older all the time if you're speaking over your mind your mind is getting better all the time I don't care how old that you get in the natural and if your mind is young and your words are speaking over your physical body then your physical body will be younger well think about that but we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Jesus Christ always, always is going to speak and to declare and deliver always what the Father thinks and says. Jesus, when he was on the earth, said, I only do those things that I hear and I see from my Father. Amen? So, your mind is getting better every day. We have the mind of Christ. We think the thoughts of God always. We're getting better all the time. So let's just dive into tonight what we're going to look at. And for the next however many weeks, and I promise you we're not rushing through this because God's spoken to me the importance of understanding the Holy Spirit in a better way, and understanding the gifts that he's given us to help us. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out of 1 Corinthians 12 a few of these verses, talking about the gifts. Verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I, don't, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. So that's why we're teaching this so you don't stay, you and I don't stay ignorant about spiritual gifts so that we become more 
proficient and profound in understanding spiritual gifts and how they operate and how they help us and benefit us on a day-to-day basis. Verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities from these gifts, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, like through these gifts that he's fixing to give us, is given to each one for the profit of all. The gifts of the Spirit are given to profit you and I, to profit the people around you. You should be setting the tone for people around you by the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. You should be making a difference not only in and through your life, but the people around you, because the helper is helping you, and if you have help, then you can help others with the same help. Amen. So, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, Through the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. And those three, we're going to categorize and we'll talk about those three together. Not tonight, but those three we will talk about together. And those are the three revelation gifts. Wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of faith in operation. Those are three that are, are reveal, uh, they're revealing gifts, revelation gifts, if you will. Then the next three, notice these. Um, to another, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. So, actually, we're not going to go into detail because I don't want, I want to waste the time. It's not a waste of time, but I don't want to spend time on it. But the three categories are three of the gifts that reveal, like I just mentioned to you. Three of the gifts that say something and three of the gifts that do something. And tonight, let me, let me finish the, these last two verses. We said, uh, and the different tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit, one and the same Spirit, what Spirit is that? The Holy Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Not as you will. Well, I, I, I have the gift of wisdom. Well, in the first place, it's not the gift of wisdom. Well, I have the gift of knowledge. Well, in the second place, it's not the gift of knowledge. And you don't have any of those without the Holy Ghost. And you won't operate in any of those without faith in the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, all this responsibility on me. Yeah, but it's not that hard. 
And I believe tonight, just what Jessica said as she prayed that, when you leave here tonight, you won't be the same as you came in because I've never preached what I'm fixing to preach to you right now. And I believe everybody in here can get this regarding the gift that we're talking about tonight. I'm kind of jumping right in the middle of these. You'd think that, well, maybe I'd just teach them, you know, from in order in the way they are in Scripture, but I'm not. So tonight, we're going to talk about the gift of the working of miracles. And to do that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at about nine or ten different stories in the Bible that talk about miracles and how that relates to you and I on a day-to-day basis. So, what you have to remember is these gifts operate, and they operate for us to help us. The gifts of the Spirit are not some operating mechanism to make the church look like the church. The church is the church, and the church will be the church when all of its individuals will take the help from the Holy Ghost and do in the earth what needs to be done, not only in helping yourself, but helping other people. But you will never help other people with the help they need without the real helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper. And these gifts have been given to us to profit us, to help us, and to help other people with them. The gift, the, no, the gifts of the working of miracles. That's what this gift is. This gift is the gifts, plural, of the working of miracles, plural. Amen? So, the word miracle in the Greek is defined as this. It's a force, a miracle is a force or a situation that makes power possible. A miracle is a force or a situation that makes power possible. I'm, I'm, I, I cannot rush through this. If I only get halfway through this message tonight because of time, then we'll pick this up next Wednesday. But you and I have to get this. God wants you to be in a place in your spiritual life where you are open for God to will through you the working of miracles at any given moment. Oh my gosh. I mean, working of miracles. Listen, listen. Most miracles are not supernatural. I mean, no, no. All miracles are supernatural. Most miracles are not spectacular. There are spectacular miracles, but most miracles are not spectacular because we wouldn't define them as miracles. Follow with me. So we're going to start in the Old Testament. Remember, a miracle is a, is a force or a situation 
that makes power possible. And God wants you to have faith in the power of the miraculous. So, I'm going to save time and just give you this one story I was going to turn to. But you remember when Jesus' disciples came to him and they were asking him about paying taxes? And he asked him whose face is on the coin? And it was Caesar's. He said, pay Caesar who's Caesar's and, and, and to pay to Caesar what belongs to him. And let's just say that you were having difficulties paying your taxes. And you were trying to figure out how I'm going to pay taxes. Okay? And let's relate it to that situation in the Bible. And so uh, you're asking God for help to pay your taxes. And God says, I want you to wet a hook, go to Medina Lake, and cast the line, and the first fish you get, open its mouth, and your taxes will be paid in full. No, God, you didn't hear me. I need money. I don't need a fish. No, no, I said, go wet a hook, go to Medina Lake, Go wet a hook, go to Medina Lake, cast the line, and the first fish you pull in, the first fish you pull in will have what you need to pay your taxes. What's that called? That's a miracle. But you have to have faith in what God said. God told you to go fish, and you're doing something that in the natural isn't the, what people in the investment world would tell you or the financial world would tell you to pay your taxes, but you're going to go and do that. Now, not everything that God tells you is going to be, seem really strange, but a lot of times it will because he wants you to have faith in what he said, not faith in what you think. Or what other people tell you is the key. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, then we stay in the natural and, and, and we, we live life going through the difficulties and the pains of life without the help to cause what we do in the natural to have the super on it. I refuse to live just in the natural. I, I, I am living my life. My wife and I, we're living our lives in the supernatural. Remember, supernatural is not always the spectacular. But if God said it, then you do it. Exodus chapter 7. Another example of the supernatural, of the miraculous. Exodus 7 and verse 10. 
Verse 8 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, and this is the children of Israel still in Egypt, and God liberating them and bringing them out. When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourself, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. Take your rod, throw it on the ground, and let it become a serpent. Anybody ever had a rod that turned into a snake? Okay, so this is supernatural. This is a miracle, okay? So he does that before Pharaoh. Pharaoh has his magicians throw theirs, and they became snakes, but Aaron's rod, his snake, ate them all up. See, there was something miraculous. There was a miracle that happened because that miracle started the flow of the deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt. Did God have to use that rod to do that? No, but he did. And it said in verse 8 there, it said, And God spoke to Moses and Aaron. Aaron, if Aaron had not thrown the rod down, oh God, I mean, who's ever done that? That's not going to work. God, we need a plan. Man, we need a plan. God had the plan. What I'm trying to get you to see tonight is there are things in the natural realm around you that God wants to use to take you to another place. But you've got to know how to hear him. And that's why we prayed for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. Because when you pray in other tongues, you build yourself up in faith. To build yourself up in faith is to have confidence that what God tells you to do, you can do it. And if you'll do it, it'll work. Had Aaron not thrown his rod down, nothing would have happened. Heard from God, did what he said, miracle. Now, not every story in the Bible has to do with the gift of the work, the gifts of the working of miracles, but this story does. So does the next one. Next chapter over, chapter 8 and verse 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams of the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh didn't receive the first one. Now there becomes the rod involved in frogs infesting the land, right? Verse 16, so the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that there may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Man, that lice one would have done it for me if I'd have been Pharaoh. That, that would have been it. Okay, the lice is enough. Let him get out of here. I'm not doing, doing this. Could you see, he probably, I mean, he probably had bites all over his body, right? And, then, and so they healed up, and then he said, no, 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 we're, 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 forget this. They're staying here. They're not taking all our stuff. They're not going, I mean, this is our, this is our labor, man. This is our labor force that's leaving. But the rod, he used the rod. See, in, in these situations, he used a rod. Well, why didn't he use a rock? He could have used anything. But God said use a rod. And if God says use a rod, then use a rod and it'll work. Apply that to your own life. 
in anything that you're going through. God says, do this, do that, and it'll work. Fourteenth chapter. And the sixteenth verse. This is them finally leaving. But lift up your rod, he told this to Moses, and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Who's ever seen that happen? Where's that ever worked? How could this happen where you just take your rod and you stretch it over the sea and you command the waters to part because God said? Was that miraculous? Absolutely. It was miraculous. The definition that I gave you, a force that makes power possible. But there has to be faith in knowing that that's God's plan for your deliverance. The rod, the man, and the obedience. You know, I think sometimes that people think, like, especially if you watch Moses in the Ten Commandments, you know, Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments, sometimes people think that Moses, like, had magic, and he could just do these things. It doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way with Jesus. The reason Jesus was effective is because for 30 years, he was trained to know God through his word, then to know the voice of God, and then to do what God said. I only do what I hear from my Father, and I do those things that he tells me to do. That's why everything he did was successful, because he did what Father said. God spoke to Moses and Aaron and told them to do these things. They did what God said, and it worked every single time. Miraculous. Miracles manifesting. Can you say amen? (laughs) Another one in 2 Kings, chapter 2. We're talking about the gift, the gifts of the working of miracles. Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 8. And this has to do with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is the older one, the teacher. And, and this is right at the end of Elijah leaving the earth. He's being taken up into the clouds. Verse 8, it says, Now Elijah took his mantle, he rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Elijah took his mantle, touched the waters, and the waters parted. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah and Elisha asked, Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, give me double what you have. That's a smart dude. I see what you have. I want double what you have. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for, for you. But if not, <clears throat> it shall not be so. 
So he had to do what he said. <clears throat> well, you know what? I've got to go take care of some cattle. You know, hang around here and, and I'll, I'll try to be back in time. I mean, he was at his heels. He didn't leave him. He was everywhere he was. And he made sure of it. Because he said, if you're here when I leave, it's yours. Man, that's what it takes for the double. I'll do whatever it takes. That's what it takes to see the miraculous work on a day-to-day basis in our life. God wants to will to you the working of the gifts of miracles on a day-to-day basis where you and I can benefit and other people's lives can benefit as a result of it. He wants us to be, have faith in him and have faith to do exactly what he tells us to do. So he said, uh, no, verse 11, that it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up in the whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan, which the waters had come back across. And he took the mantle of Elijah, and he had seen what Elijah had done, and had fallen from him, and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. There was a mantle involved, there was a man involved, and there was obedience involved. What causes the miraculous? How can the double be on another man that was on, the the, the double anointing and portion that was on one man be on another? Only by, by the miraculous. The power was, that was available, manifested, because of the mantle, because of the man, and the obedience of the man. And when you have that working, something happens. Stay with me. Let's look in the New Testament. Just stay with me here. John chapter 2. John chapter 2 was <clears throat> the wedding feast that, where the water was turned into wine. You know the story. And it says, um, verse 2, Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Verse 6, Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim with what? With water. But what was the issue? The issue was they're out of wine. But Jesus told them, fill the water pots with water. 
can, can you imagine the guys? I mean, th- think if, you know, if I, I grabbed five or six guys and said, hey, guys, we, we need some water pots. We, we need, we need uh, about uh, 50 gallons of wine. And I want you to go and bring me 50 bottles of water. I mean, I mean just think of it. Go to H-E-B and get me 50 one-gallon jugs of water. Okay. It doesn't even make any sense, right? Because there's a power that's available to create the wine that can only be released when there's faith in what God said. So, you know the story, right? They did, and he did, and it was. Right? They filled the water. Liquid from these clay pots were poured into a goblet and given to the head of the wedding feast. And his statement was, wow, you saved the best wine for last. Now that's a shocker in itself. But there was a miracle that took place based on what verse 5 says. And verse 5 is the key to the miraculous. Verse 5 is the key to the gift of the working of miracles in any and every situation. Verse 5. And this is Mary. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's the key to miracles. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now, I'll just tell you this. That's true. But if you're not listening to him, you don't know what he's telling you to do. We have to develop an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us individually and to the church so that the church leads the way in the world. And the only way to lead the way is for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in all of our lives. Every person sitting in here today, tonight, has the ability, if you're born again, to operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit at any time as the Lord wills. Not as you try to make it happen, but as God wills. So it takes faith in believing that these gifts are really at our disposal to help us and to help humanity. We have to believe that. And the gifts of the working of miracles take great faith to believe in the fact that you can be that conduit that God uses to see the miraculous flow not just to you but through you. Can you say amen? amen? But verse 5 is the key. Listen to me. I'm just going to say this, and, and you just take it, and you meditate on it, okay? But if you felt like at times that you've heard God, and nothing's happened, and I'm talking about over 
a, a realistic period of time and nothing has happened and you don't have faith for that, then you didn't hear God. And take this and just meditate on it. But who hasn't messed up in hearing God? So what do you do? You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can exalt you. Your, your heart, I'm not talking about crying out to God and falling on the floor and boohooing and all this kind of thing, but turning your heart toward God and saying, God, I've got to know how to do this. Lord, I'm crying out to you. I, I want to know how to hear. And, and if, if these kind of things worked here in the Word, in the Bible in those days, and, and even on, on this side of the cross where we'll read a few examples just here in a moment, it'll work in my life. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. These miracles that were worked here out of, what, what did they have? They had objects. They had a man. Man or man with a womb. Man, woman. You know, we got to clarify all that today. Well, I'm not trying to leave anybody out. Believe me, me. A person, an object, and faith. And with the faith, obeying what God said to do. It'll work every single time. So you repent, you humble yourself and say, you know what? Admit it. I I screwed up. I didn't hear God. I tried to start this thing or do this thing or do that or whatever, and and it wasn't God. Repent. But God, I'm going to hear. I don't care what it takes. I will hear. If you hold on to things and try to cover up and make, make excuses for things that didn't work out and you don't deal with yourself over that, man, you got all this like nasty, stinky stuff that you're carrying along. Just get rid of all that. Forget that. God's not concerned about it. Why should you be? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Well, you said all that. And I said all kinds of things as a pastor in the early years of pastoring. I said all kinds of stuff that I mean, I mean, I stuck my foot in my mouth. And people reminded me of things that I said that never came to pass. Okay? All right. Right. I did. I shouldn't have said that. shouldn't have done that. Brian and Sandra know that, and the Lamonts know some of that. The Dunnings know some of that. Some of the people that have been here the longest, and, and they've, they've seen me say certain things. But you know what? I've learned. Now I keep my mouth shut till I know. And when I know and I do it, it works. Why? Because I've learned. Who, who, who doesn't have to learn? Just learn, get over it, and move on. Because we will hear the voice of God, and we will see the miraculous manifest. Remember, the miraculous and the supernatural is not always the spectacular. Don't miss it. Amen? John 6. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. John 6. So, just to save time, uh, skip down. This is, this is the feeding of the 5,000. Okay, so you kind of know that as we're getting into this. Verse 6, 
But this he said to test them, for he himself knew what he would do about feeding all these people. There were like 5,000 of these people, and uh, probably there was more uh, with women and children and everything. There was probably more than 5,000. Philip answered him, and, uh, answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here, this little guy, who has uh, five barley loaves and two small fish. Probably had a lunchbox with him or something. Who knows? Um, But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. The men did. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, uh, uh, and to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, "Gather up the fragments and remain, so that nothing is lost." Now, what's the picture? Now, I want you to catch a hold of this. I saw this a while back as I was reading this. What is the picture? So he blessed it, and then all of a sudden, there was all this fish and all these loaves of bread. Mm -mm. No, it was like, so here's a loaf. And he hands the loaf, and all of a sudden, it multiplies. And he hands the next loaf and it multiplies, and he hands the next loaf, and it multiplies, and he hands the next fish. It was multiplying in their hands. Why? Because Jesus did what Father said. Notice he said they, 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 they were making excuses. Well, how, how is this going to happen? But Jesus was testing that he already knew what he was going to do because he heard from the Father, I'm not going to do anything else. We're not sending out for McDonald's. Hmm? We're not sending somebody through a drive-thru and, and getting, you know, a, a, a Big Mac fries and a Coke, you know, for 5,000 people. He heard from the Father. He blessed it, and it began to multiply. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. I don't care what you need. If you hear from the Father, and you begin to honor Him, and you do what He says things will begin to multiply in your hands. That's the miraculous. God wants the miraculous working on a day-to-day basis, but you have to have faith. See, the miraculous isn't you sitting back and waiting for, some, for God to do something. No. What's involved every single time? Faith is involved. In most situations, some kind of an object is involved, people are involved, right? And then obedience is involved. But many times, people don't have the faith to obey what seems really strange. Time and time and time and time again in all these stories that we're reading here. Now, look at Hebrews 11. And I'm going to throw something out to you that I want you to think about, okay? Just Hebrews 11 and verse 3. And I want you to think about this. Listen, we're building some foundation in this teaching. You you don't want to miss these teachings. I'm telling you right now, 
something is happening to you supernaturally because there's an anointing on what I'm teaching right now that's doing something on the inside of me. I'm, I mean, before I even got here tonight. I mean, what God's been showing me over the last year concerning the supernatural, the things of the Spirit of God. Something is happening in you. Listen to me. God wants the miraculous happening in you, in your life, in your family, all the time, every single day. He wants to will to you the gifts of the working of miracles to operate because the Holy Spirit is here to be the helper and he helps us in that way. And this is just one of the nine gifts that is available for everybody to operate in at, at will when God wills it to happen through and in your life from day to day. Not something that has to be this monumental thing. God wants it to become a way of life for us. He wants it to be a way of life for you. He wants you to really believe in it. But Hebrews 11.3 says this. For by faith, can you, can you put that uh, third verse up in the message for me? <clears throat> I didn't give you that earlier, but can you switch that over to the message Bible? <clears throat> Hold on. Can we not do that? Are we good? There we go. Okay, verse three. By faith we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. Now, you can go back to Genesis and read about in the beginning how God created everything. Darkness covered the earth. But, but I, I want you to catch this. this. This is really important. Everything was created by what we didn't see. God didn't see something and then create it. But he didn't say that it was created out of nothing. Tonight, if you walked outside and there were clouds in the sky, I don't think there are, but there were, and you walked outside and you didn't see the moon, would you say, wow, I wonder what's happened to the moon. It's gone. No, it's there. You just can't see it. When Moses parted the Red Sea, he didn't see the sea parted, okay? But what he saw was a rod. And he did what God said to do with the rod, and then he saw. Every miracle that happens in your life, everything in the miraculous that happens in your life, is going to happen from something that already is. Because you and I will never create anything 
We're here to enforce what God has already said is so. So what happens in every story that I've read to you tonight, every one of these stories started with something in the natural and took every person that we talked about to a better place, to greater understanding and revelation. The rod swallowed up the snakes that created deliverance for the the beginnings of the deliverance. The rod parted the Red Sea. See, but it was faith in God that God said do that with the rod, not with the rock. Because we know when the reason Moses didn't enter into the promised land is because he didn't do exactly what God said. The reason people don't get their promises answered is because we're not doing exactly what he said. And most of the time we're not doing what he said because we don't know how to hear him. Or we don't take the time to develop the ability to hear him. He's not that difficult to hear. He hasn't made it difficult. We just have to do it. So the things that you don't see, your tool for deliverance is before you. You just have to hear God. Okay? So... I'm not going to spend any more time on that because we're just about done. But I'm going to read uh, ah, only two passages. Um, I got to end this, but I got to end it the right way. Hold on. Um, John 9. Okay, we're going to end this. I'm not under pressure to end this, but many of you have children and you have school, and God understands those kind of things. So we work in the time frame that's right, and the Spirit of God is moving in your hearts and lives. I'm not rushing to get past something and hurry something up. I'm stopping something because I'm not rushing through this we got to keep talking about this. Amen? we got to stay on this because God wants you out there allowing the miraculous to flow through you. The power of miracles to manifest and flow through your life. Amen? John 9 and verse 6. <clears throat> this, this is the story uh, of the blind man that Jesus healed. And verse 6 says, When he had said these things, this is what Jesus did. He spat on the ground. That's what he did. I mean, he did that. You know, they they use the word spat, you know. No, he he hawked a loogie and he spit in the ground. I mean, that's what Jesus did, okay? So, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva... And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Remember, Jesus said, I only do those things that I hear and I see from my father. Right? So father said, hakalugi, spit in the ground, stir it up, and put it in the guy's eyes. Man. And he said to him, 
And Jesus said to the blind man, go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is translated sent. So he went and washed, watch this, and came back seeing. Listen. Jesus' spit was not the anointing oil that opened his eyes. It's not magic. It's God. God said, do it. Put it in his eyes. Do it that way. Okay? So we have an object which is clay and spit. Rubbed in a man's eyes that's been blind from birth. Go to the pool. I mean, why would you make the guy go to the pool and wash out? Faith is involved. Do what I said. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And as he's coming back, he sees. I mean, possibly, it's not super clear here, but possibly, possibly, he washed it out and didn't see. Until, oh man, he comes back to Jesus. Until he's heading back to him. I did what you said. I did what you said. God, I did exactly what you said. All of a sudden he sees. I did what you said. Amen? He did what he said. In Acts 19, and I'll end with this. Acts 19, and verse 11. Watch this. Uh, Acts 19, and verse 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. God worked unusual. God worked unusual. God worked unusual. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of by the by the hands of Paul, by the hands of Paul, God worked unusual miracles. Verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs, an object, or aprons, another object, were brought from Paul's body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. An object, right? Faith, right? Obedience to do what God said. But God is the miracle worker. 1 Corinthians 12. There's different, it's going to work different ways in different situations. The examples that we read out of the Bible is not going to necessarily fit every little situation that you find yourself in. But it's the same Spirit who will reveal to you the things that you need.
tonight, this is what I say. I believe in God. I believe in miracles. Say it. I believe in God. I believe in miracles. Let's all of us say it together, those two things. Ready? Go. I believe in God and I believe in miracles. Say it again. I believe in God and I believe in miracles. I believe in God and I believe in miracles. That's what it takes. It takes you believing that there are natural things that will cause certain circumstances in your life to change that you can't see. And there are things that God will use, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an apron or a napkin or a a rod or whatever it is. It it, it may just be a a statement that God gives you. I, 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 I promise you, God does not want you to stay the same. He wants you liberated. He wants you free. But he wants you open to be the conduit for miracles to flow through you. Remember, don't misunderstand. A a miracle that we defined earlier was that power just being available. It's there. It's there to work. If we'll take what he says and do what he says and then have faith that he told us to say it and to do it. And if we do, we'll see the same exact results as they saw here because God is no respecter of persons. He'll do what he did for the Apostle Paul, for Peter. He'll do what he did for Jesus, for us. Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do an even greater works because now I've gone to the Father and you can trust in the Father through me. There's no end. I'm telling you tonight, there's no end. Amen?